Well, um, hello everyone and welcome to chapter 140 of The Last Thoughts of a Busy Mind. This one titled Fury of Dracula. And uh, before we go on, my drink today is glucose sour syrup and water. And it tastes fine. I think the syrup has mint in it. It tastes a little bit minty. And um, maybe it's a mix-up at the factory or something. It didn't used to. Though it's been a while since I've had it, so I might have not remembered it correctly. But anyways, yeah, that's the drink for the day. And let's talk about the week that I had because it was emotionally incredibly taxing. I can tell you that the fact that I am even sitting right here, albeit a bit late, I'm recording this at around 949 p.m. Um, and talking is kind of a small miracle because I was very, very close to not doing this. I, I, not anything drastic, but not doing this. So yeah, um, my movie has been going on. I found all of my main actors and I'm incredibly happy about that. Uh, the movie actually seems to be getting made and perhaps a month by now, I will be talking about how we made it and how it sucks and I lost a bunch of money and I shouldn't be a director, but until then, I am excited. <laughs> um, but this week, as I said, is emotionally taxing. A lot of small things happened that adding up just managed to snowball into a massive, massive event. Like... Um, I, we lost a neighbor, uh, an old man that, uh, he looked incredible, he was a good man, like, I didn't have any bad memories of him, and I felt a little bit alone and distanced from a lot of people, and then uh, misunderstandings happened, and anyways, taxing week, that's the gist of the sentence, I had a taxing week, but Two big things happened. One of them was I finally watched the two new episodes of season 25 of 8 out of 10 Cats Does Countdown. Which means nothing to most people. Um, probably nothing to a lot of people. Probably nothing to you who are listening to this right now. But that's a big event. And it had Joe Wilkinson in it, which was even better. I fucking love Joe Wilkinson. So... I could have talked about that, but honestly, it's fun, it's good. The second episode was incredibly funny. I highly recommend it. First episode, Lee Mac was on fire. Also recommend. I just genuinely recommend this show. But another thing happened, which was um, me and my friend, uh, we did the inaugural play of The Fury of Dracula. I was Dracula. I won, which was even better. And... Um, I thought I'd tell you about that. It's chapter 140, it's around. It's a round number, it's a cool number. So I thought I'd talk to you about Fury of Dracula. Why? Because it was something that happened this week and something that has been going on for a long time to get to this point. Um, I've talked about board games. I, I've talked about how I want to design one. I, want, I talked about the fact that this year... One of the things that got reignited in me was my love of board games because I finally found people who 
shared the same interest as me and were willing to actually sit down and like devote four hours to a game, which is not something easy. You know, it, it doesn't happen often. So it was fun. And uh, I started to have an obsession. All, all things come back to me having an OCD, really. I developed an obsession with board games. And more importantly, mixed with my hoarding, it basically meant that I was buying tons and tons of games. I have like around five games which I haven't even played once. I have the box. It's in my board game shelf and I haven't even played them once. Um, there's Jamaica, which I bought, haven't played. There is the Deep, uh, no, the Crew Deep Sea, which I haven't played at all. Um, there is an Escape Box, which, you know, is a one-time play, but I, I haven't played that at all. I haven't, I should do that. I mean, that's the easiest one to get rid of and then free some real estate for other games to play. I have a game called Oham, which is a Persian-made game I haven't played. I have Furnace. I haven't played that at all. And, oh, I have more than five then. Um, I have Avant-Garde. I haven't played that either. And, as I said, tons of games that I haven't even played. And that's on top of the games that my friend, uh, the one who I played Fury of Dracula with, Muhammad, uh, I've actually had a special chapter with him, which I'm going to link in the description. You can go and listen to it. I'm actually going to write it right now so I don't forget. Um, so, yeah, you should go and listen to that as well. Uh, he has bought a ton of board games as well, most of them. We haven't played Architects of the West Kingdom. We haven't played. Um, we have played uh, the what do you call it? Seven Wonders Duel. We haven't played any of the expansions, and it's just a lot of games that I haven't even played once. Like today, one of the things was I played Bloody Inn for the first time, and it was fun. I came, I think, second. Um, and it was an inaugural place. So a lot of mistakes were made, but you know, overall, it was fun. <clears throat> so, when the obsession started, my mind just, out of curiosity, not curiosity, it's just what I do on everything, decided to envelop my other hobbies and desires and wants into this one as well. And one of the things that I love is Bram Stoker's Dracula. I have an obsession with Dracula. I can't tell you how much. And I knew I wanted to make a video about Dracula. I was going to make one last year. Didn't. I'm going to make one this year. But then I thought, oh, it would be cool to have like some board games in the background. And the game, like the game, which has the name of Dracula on it, is... Dracula, it's a board game, it's a two-player game, but beside that, it's Fury of Dracula. Dracula itself, I, ha I, I have found it, I have ordered a bunch of board games from abroad, by the way, they weren't locally found. I have ordered a bunch of games from abroad, and this one, Dracula, was too expensive then. Then, after I ordered the games, and they've arrived at my relative's house, which I haven't still gotten them, 
they discounted it. They cut the price in half, and I could have gotten it, but I didn't. And also Dracula's Revenge. I could have gotten that too, but I didn't. I started gathering Dracula games, and I had one which I bought, like an Iranian version of, which is Dracula's Feast, New Blood. Uh, I bought Unmatched, Cobble and Fog, because it had Dracula as a character. But, like, the centerpiece was Fury of Dracula. And Fury of Dracula is not a cheap game. It is not a cheap game at all. It is actually kind of incredibly expensive. But I was in luck because on Geek Market, which is the board game geeks, uh, like, shopping side, shopping forum, um, a guy was selling a shrink-wrapped one, which went not unopened one, for around 100 Canadian dollars. It's not again cheap. It's not cheap at all, but it is significantly cheaper than the 230, which was 230 Canadian dollars, which was for a brand new one. So I managed to get that one, send it to my uncle's house, and my uncle brought it to me at around December. So Fury of Dracula is like a, this journey of me going through board games. Um, and I, I had the thought that I wanted to have this Dracula game in particular around August, I think. But then it got dragged. And then around September, I actually managed to get it. And around December, I got it in my hands. But it's a massive game. It's an incredibly complicated game. And even uh, when we played it, uh, it was still like we were constantly referencing the rule book. The video explaining it, how to video, which doesn't explain everything. It just says that the rest of it you should read on the rules reference is around 30 minutes. So yeah, it's a long and complicated game. So getting people to actually sit down and play it is harder than, say, um, Catan, which again is a long game, but it's much easier to understand and wrap your head around. But Fear of Dracula is actually thematic, which I really love, and it takes its theme incredibly seriously. Um, the mechanics are fun, it's a hidden movement game, and so I thought that, oh, I'm gonna organize something and then we're gonna play it. But then uh, my friend Mohammed said that, you know, you know, bring it over, we'll do it. And I did, and it was fucking fun. I'm so happy with my purchase, you cannot imagine. Um, at the beginning of 2024, I did a top 10 board games list. I'm going to just list them here in order that I put them on my Instagram. I've put them, um, which is my number 10 is uh, Wingspan, which, oh, by the way, these are games that I played in 2020. Four. They're not like, uh, what do you say? They're not like the best games of all time or anything. No, these are the games that I played in 2023. I should say four. 2023. And they, I played them for the first time then. And they were like a huge part. And I love them. So, number 10 was Wingspan. Number 9 was Gendarmerie, which is a Persian game, actually. And it was really fun. I played it again today with my cousins. Great fun. Um, number eight was The Grizzled, a great cooperative game, by the way. If you haven't, you should definitely play it. Um, one of, it's a good card game. It's easy to understand. It's easy mechanically, but also 
not without challenge. It is still challenging, which makes it the perfect combination. It's the perfect game to introduce your friends to more complex games like Monopoly. Let's leave Monopoly and play other games. And then there is the Castles of Burgundy, which is number seven, which was incredibly fun. I lost, but I still had so much fun as I put it in the list. And the problem that I have with it is that oh, you're not going to get people to play this with you on the first time. <laughs> it's it's going to take a long time for people to get ready to do this because it has so many mechanics, so many different things that once you wrap your head around them, it becomes easier to understand, but it's not an easy game. Number six is the Detective Club. Incredibly fun. Easy. Um, usually depends on the group that you're playing with, but incredibly fun if it's in the right place. I, I had tons of fun with it. And then number five is Dracula versus Van Helsing, a game that at the time of this recording, apparently it's not really out to retailers, and there's a French site selling a French version, but I haven't seen any English version of it yet, but I want it. I do fucking want it. And um, the few times I played it on Board Game Arena, it is free to play on Board Game Arena. I had so much fun. Then number four is Catan. Of course, it's Catan. It's one of the older games. Incredibly fun. Incredibly good. And then there is Viticulture. Number three is Viticulture. Great game. A bit long, which means it's not probably good for most settings if you're... Uh, players are dedicated to sit for like a couple of hours to play it again lots of mechanics but once you wrap your head around them it's much easier to understand i think the reason i prefer this over castles of burgundy is that viticulture has a lot more strategy and agency involved than castles of burgundy um then number two is a war of whispers now, A War of Whispers is an asymmetrical strategy board game that I fucking love because while you're playing it, you literally feel like the powers behind the curtains. Like, you feel that. You feel like, oh, I am that. And it's incredible. Good games manage to do this, you know. When you play good games you feel the theme of it incredibly well. Fury of Dracula was also like this. I felt like, oh, I'm Dracula. I haven't secreted the agenda and I should be running. I should be hiding. And that was incredibly good in the Fury of Dracula. Um, War of Whispers is that. But number one, Unmatched Goblin Fog. Incredible fun, incredibly fun game. Uh, I lost. I was the first to lose the time we played it. And I still had so much fun. I st it was still so tense that I was like, oh, yeah, we should. I I'm putting this at number one. It was so fun. Incredibly fun. I fucking loved it. And I, uh, I, I cannot tell you how much that was fun. So Fury of Dracula is a culmination of all of these. And at this point, I realized, no, I actually like board games you know i know i'm obsessive i know that i tend to well obsess over stuff as the name obsessive implies but after playing fury of dracula i don't know something seemed right you know something 
felt correct. Like, oh yeah, now I get it. Now I get why I fucking love these games. And there are more that I've actually ordered. As I said, I've ordered I Am Vlad, Prince of Valakia, which is supposed to be a bad game, but I needed it for the theme. As I said, at this point, I'm a collector of Dracula games. And there are few that are coming in 2024 that I want, I want uh, Kill Dracula. There is another one, Dracula's Curse, I think. Um, there is one which is basically snake oil, but instead you play against other people. Okay. I can't explain it. It's fangs and pitchforks, and I really look forward to that. I really, I think that that's gonna be fun because the group of friends that I have, it's gonna be incredibly fun to play them with. And I, I've ordered Nosferatu, which is I think is a hidden role game, and the Escape Castle Dracula, which is a the Escape games are basically like exit games, which means uh, they're single use. Once you go through the riddles, you'd know the answer. But the good news is, unlike an exit game, because we actually played an exit game, which was Lord of the Rings 1, uh, you don't destroy any card. So, you know, it's easy to uh, repackage and re-gift it to other people. And I think that's that's not that bad. So, yeah. that's This episode is me basically nerding out over all oh, what games I've played and what games I do have. And I do have, like, my collection is not even that big i mean it's big don't get me wrong but it's not even as big as it could be because there is still a ton of games that i do want and i like war of whispers i don't own the war of whispers my friend does and that's where i played it my cousin does and uh, i played it with him as well so I, it can be even bigger and a lot of these are persian reprints some of them are good quality some of them are actually very happy with the quality like Viticulture, the one I have is a Persian one. I am happy with the quality, but it's it's not as good as the original one. And the original ones are expensive. So yeah, I'm basically barreling towards bankruptcy to use a Monopoly term. I know bankruptcies happen outside of Monopoly, but you know, uh, I, I won't go bankrupt. Uh, I would just lose a ton of money and then don't have enough money to make my movie which i think would be bankrupt no i don't want to bankrupt i have to sell a bunch of stuff i'm not yet at the point of absolutely zero money which is bank okay i don't know what i'm talking about oh yeah i'm gonna be bankrupt because of buying board games i like there have ton i want ton more i actually okay this is too muhammad uh, is my producer on the movie and my girlfriend i actually told them that and my first AD Mobina, which you've actually listened to, if you haven't, the a special chapter between this season and the last season, do go and listen to that as well. I'm actually gonna put that in the description as well. So, um, I actually told them that stop me from buying board games, tell me to stop buying board games, do not encourage me to buy more board games, and stop me when I want to buy more. And so far, it has been mixed results. Like, I've bought a tiny card game, which I, I still don't know. It's a clue card game. I don't know how it works. And I bought a bunch of board games to gift to people. But, you know, I just... I just This is another one about board games. And it's chapter 140. And it's about Fury of Dracula. A game that 
if it wasn't so fucking expensive, I'd recommend everyone to go and get and play because it's so fun. And I can just imagine a setting where we sit around the table and play that game while having like Dracula themed drinks and stuff like that. And I will see you all next week. <laughs>